Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast, where I sit down with fabulous people to have going conversations. Three reasons why I do that is I want you to learn about these people and from these people. I want you to be inspired and I want you to connect because I believe that when we connect, we start finding things that we enjoy that are similar to one another. Uh, we, it grows into community and I believe that community wins. And today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> today I have the one and only originally, originally from Tennessee, right? Correct. Correct. Yes, originally the, from the Tennessee. great state of Tennessee. The great the state great of Tennessee. State of, <laughs> yes, a very yes. beautiful state. I'm let's be clear to see myself. <laughs> to be clear, one of the Nashville, one of the most diverse city, I think. Yeah, I agree. HBCUs there. Yeah, Vanderbilt, country, the music, the diversity of music. This guy's from that place. That's oh, right, man. Chauncey <laughs> Julius, what's up, Chauncey? How you? Looking? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, Eddie, bro. This is this is awesome. This has been a long time coming, bro. Man, no, thank you for taking time to do this. And you know, Chauncey, one of the things that Chauncey has helped me with in my life over the last, I would say, twelve months is this: whenever I schedule something, I gotta be clear <laughs> on if it's. I gotta be clear if it's Central Time, Eastern hey. Time, Pacific Time. Come on, man! East Coast shawty out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> we out here on the East Coast. I, I'm I'm in Oklahoma. He's in Virginia. So whenever yeah. I scheduled our first meeting a while back, he's a part of a going circle. Yeah. I just said 11 a.m. He was like, "Man, is that Eastern Time or Central Time?" Hey, we need to know, man. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, hey, you enlarge your territory. Yeah, about being enlarged, bro. Like for sure, you, you international like... Hattie now, bro. <laughs> it made me feel good about myself. I'm yeah, like, man, man you nationwide. Yeah, man. So, man, hey, how did we first meet? I know. We both worked for uh, Shiloh at some point, not yeah, Shiloh. But is camp. that where we? Where did we originally? Was that where we originally met? Yeah, I think that was the first time we met, man, at, in, in Oklahoma City. Okay. I was applying for the job there. I, I swung through. I think I was overdressed, man. I had this whole suit on with the hard yeah. bottoms. I was sliding yeah. all over the gravel. Yeah, man. And, and you were the <laughs> program director there, outreach yeah. coordinator there at the time, and. Man, I was interviewing for that position because you was getting ready to transition. And so, yeah, I think that's the first yeah. time we met back in, what, 2012? 2012, was, man. That was yeah, a man. long time ago. Yeah, man. It's good, yeah. a good time. And then uh, my wife did your family photo. Man, bro, I'm still getting value out of those photos, man. Even <laughs> though I'm, I'm a little, I don't put on a little bit of pounds, but now <laughs> your wife, bro, she killed those photos, man. She did a superb job, bro. We still get compliments off of those photos. It was cold in Guthrie that oh, day. Oh, it was Boy, cold. Oh, my it goodness. Was cold. It was cold that day. Yeah, but it was fun. Every time I go out with her, sometimes when she does those, and they're always fun, because she only does them for people, like, that she's connected to for the most part in love mm -hmm. and, you know, right. that we have friendships with. And so Aww. it always makes it fun, you know, when yeah. you get to go out and take photos of pe with people that you – I mean, we love everybody, but you know, you have that different yeah. kind of love for us. So, so that, that was fun, man. Hey, Chauncey, tell us what would people say you were like as a kid? So, if I if I saw one of your uncles or aunties or <clears throat> friends from whenever you were younger, what what mm. what would they say? Who who would they say you were? Describe you as a child. Mm. 
Man, that's 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 a good question, Hattie. Um, I, I guess I would if, if I was describing myself, I would I would probably say I was curious in that I was a, a I was I was full of jokes and I was humorous, right? You know, everybody yeah. in the hood is a comedian. And so I, I grew up in uh, um, under-resourced community, right? And so, man, everybody there is a comedian. But I think if, if as a child, if people, people would probably say that I, for the most part that I was happy, you know, that I was okay. a happy child. Um, I had no worries before I attended school. My, my happiest memories um, involved playing with, just playing with my friends, man. You know, that was the first yeah. Facebook, you know, going outside and just ripping and running. You know, playing football, playing sandlot football, playing basketball, playing hide and seek, man. Just just had a happy childhood. You know, um, a lot of people would probably look at us and say that my family, we were um, low income. Right. And, you know, yeah. and there was definitely a season of of that. But, man, me and my brothers, we didn't know it, you know. And yeah, so, man, we, sure. were, we were a happy kid, man. We were happy kids. I was a happy child um, as a younger school age. Um, boy, I would say that. Um, and through my teen years, they probably say that I was unhappy. And mm. so as a child happy, as a, as a teenager, I, I was unhappy. And so by my freshman year of high school, my, my grades were failing because I was, I was running the streets and I was doing what, what, and what I didn't have any business doing, man, I was selling drugs, bro. And, um, man, I was at a low point. Um, and then I had a major life change, man. I, I gave my life to Christ. And then was um, this in high school? This was in high school, man. This was in okay. the, the summer after my ninth grade year. I finished my ninth grade year with a half a credit in home ec because that's back when they had home economics. Remember? And, yeah. And I only yeah. had a half a credit in there because the girls did my homework. You know, I thought I was a ladies man. I thought I was it. Right. But I like, man, my relationship with my father was horrible. And um, because he had a drug addiction and that just tore us apart. And so, man, I was at a low, but I would think that people would say, you know, especially adults who would probably speak into my life back during those teenage years. They would probably say that I was I was unhappy, bro. Yep. I was unhappy. So After that freshman year, you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right. And so did that change the next three years for you, man? Like nobody's business. And so what would have been my sophomore year, but it was really my ninth grade year all over again. Man, I just kind of went into hiding, if you will, man. I just went underground and just focused on my grades. I, I was always a decent student. I had the know-how, but I had just checked out my ninth grade year emotionally. And so um, things began to turn around for me, man. Um, one of the, what, what sparked it, um, I had a football coach, man, that, that came to me, man, and Coach Bullock. And he, he said, he saw me in gym class in ninth grade. He said, you need to play football. I said, coach, my, my grades are horrible. There's no way that I'm going to make it on that field. He said, if you come to study hall, we'll get your grades right. But you just need to try out. Um, and so I did that. I wasn't eligible that next year, but I worked hard in the classroom. And I went to summer school every summer. This is back when they didn't have, you know, they got some online stuff now where you get caught up in about, about <laughs> yeah. a couple hours, right? It took me yeah. three years to get caught up so I could graduate <laughs> with my class. And so I, bu I bust my hump, man, worked hard. I eventually, by my, my junior year, I made myself, I made it onto the football team, man. And then eventually, man, I, I, everything turned around. And by my senior year, man, I graduated on time with a full-ride academic scholarship to Tennessee Tech University, bro. 
And so wow. um, I was selected. I was put on the, um, the student body. Um, um, and so student council, I, I also um, had an opportunity to go to Boys State. I don't know if many of your audience, if, if they're familiar with the Boys State program, it's a program um, sponsored by the American Legion where, um, where junior high school juniors learn how government is ran on a state, county, and local level. And so I went there, they hold elections. And so I had the audacity, a little ghetto kid from Columbia, Tennessee, um, to run for governor there. And I end up winning bro, I end up winning. Um, actually, NPR, um, This American Life, they did a story on me, bro, and um, they kind of Get out of this. here! Yeah, man, they came out when I was living in Kansas. They flew out, man, and um, my homegirl, Sarah, she came out, did a story on me and everything, bro. Um, thanks, shout out to Robin Munger. Robin Munger, kind of one who kind of threw me the assist and set that all up. Um, man, love her. And, you know, Man, they did a story on this time. And man, I went to, you know, I won Boys State. I selected to go to Boys Nation, met the then sitting president, um, President Bill Clinton. You might know him, bro. And so I was in the yeah. White House shaking hands with Bill Clinton. My life just get really out of here. Around. Yeah, bro. So I went from selling drugs, horrible relationship with my father, running the streets, half a credit in ninth grade to, you know, having a major spiritual life change and start walking with Christ and where, man, I just had the audacity to hope, the audacity to dream, bro. Yeah. And things turned around, bro. Yeah. So, so just real quick, you know, you mentioned your father a couple of times. Was there, a, was there a transition where that got healthier during high school or what did that look like? Man, or is that man, later in life? man that was late. That would be later in life, bro. Um, okay. Man, our relationship throughout high school just grew more and more toxic. And um, as he, you know, his, this addiction just spiraled out of control. It wouldn't be till after I joined the military, you know, um, that, you know, our relationship began to, to, to start on this upward trend. Yeah, absolutely. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Got you. So, so you go to college, uh, and then at some point you go into the military. How, yeah. how long after college going into the military, what was that transition like? It's probably two years after college, but at the start of my junior year, man. And so, man, just college wasn't working out for me, man. I, I struggled in college, bro. I lack discipline. <laughs> you know, um, I could laugh about it now, but it was struggle then, bro. Um, I thought I was cut. I thought I was, I wouldn't say I was cut out. I, I would say I thought I was ready. I thought I was yeah. mature enough for, for college. But, you know, college is probably about 5% intellect, 5% smarts. And then it's, it's about 95% grit and, and yeah. discipline, bro. Discipline, and, yeah. And I lacked that grit and discipline. I, I lacked it. And it showed, man, I was there for the party and I was there for um, the girls. You know, I was just distracted during college. That's If I could describe my college experience, it, it would just be in one word. I was distracted. And so, yeah. um but during that time, I, I met a girl, and, and we may talk about that later, but I met a girl that would eventually become my wife. And that kind of motivated me to, you know, I wanted a family, but I was broke. And so I made the call to, you know, withdraw. I was going through some issues with my father that was kind of coming to a head. And um, I got into this, man, a fist fight with my dad, bro, when I was home one weekend from school. And my mother just challenged me. She said, Chauncey, you always wanted to see the world. You had thoughts of going into the military. Do that get away from here. Don't get sucked in with what's going on here at home. And so I took her up on that. That day, I left the house, 
went to the recruiting office. I went to the Navy. For, no, the Air Force. I went to the Air Force first. They said, it's going to be about three months. I said, that's too long. I went right next door to the Army recruiter. And he said, we can have you boots on ground <laughs> in basic training um, in 10 days. I said, sign me up. Sign me up. That. And that was it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you, your father and mother were still together. Yeah, they were still together doing, doing until these, doing these challenging times. Yeah, they were still together, but man, their relationship was it, it, it wasn't the best, you know. It it was it was on the brink of, you know, ending. And so they they eventually got a divorce after like 25 plus years. I think they was together for probably about 27 years, bro. And then in 02, they decided to call it, you know, to go their separate ways gotcha. and, and get a divorce, but it ended, you know, amicably and and you know, actually, my mother, she'll say she'll tell you to this day that they was actually still living together for probably about two weeks after they signed the divorce papers. And they oh, talk wow. every day <laughs> to this day. They, they, they wow. talk every day on the phone, man. They're, they're good friends. They've known each other since they were like 18. And so, man, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah all is well. My father, he's sober now. He 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 he's um he got a relationship with Christ, man. He's he's doing well now. man. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, that's really good. So, so you talk about this transition going to the military. You get signed up, boots on the ground in ten days. Yeah, man. what was that? What was that like? What was military life like? Because some of the motivation was a young lady. Talk to talk, talk to us about that. Hey, yeah, and so yeah, so my the motivation was this young lady, right? So I was like, man, and then getting some college money too, right? Because I was like, man, I think I don't threw away my little full ride academic that I had. And so I need some more college money so I can finish up school. And so, you know, the army is shopping. MGI, MGI, MGI build. Yeah. So let me see what this army life is about. And so I get there and then probably about two weeks in, I'm like, man, ain't no college money worth this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got me running like 10 miles. <laughs> man, I'm out in the middle of nowhere in, in Missouri, this bro. Not it. But this is hard. They got me doing push-ups, bro. I'm like, this is not it. This is not the play. But then something clicked in me. I said, okay, if it's not for the college money, then, then what is it for then? Because that was my only plan, right? That was my plan A through Z. It had to work, right? And so I knew I didn't want to go back to my mama's house, right? And so I was like, let this be for discipline, right? Yeah. Let me let me let me learn some discipline out of this. Let me learn, um, as they call it in here, how to be cool and have some intestinal fortitude, how to show up, how not to quit. Because, you know, I I. I I, I I wasn't known for finishing things, you know, and so I wanted to learn how to have some finishing power and the army um, taught me that and some bro. And so, man, it wasn't long before, you know, I was identified by some leadership in the army and I began getting promoted and putting into positions of authority and positions of leadership. And man, I flourished under that environment, bro. Just the structure, the discipline, the camaraderie, Man, I I don't have anything negative to say about my military experience, man. It was it was favorable, bro. It 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 was awesome, man. The people I met, people that I thought I wouldn't meet in a thousand years, bro. Some some personalities that were awesome, and then just serving, being able to see the world and serve country. I've been to Germany, I've been to, been to Spain, I've been to Ireland, I've been I've been all over, bro. Um, through the military, I served. I did three combat tours in Iraq. Yeah, bro. It's just 
just an awesome time, man. I look back on it uh, with great memories, bro. In, any impact from that? I know that sometimes uh, some people who have served PSD kind of things, like, yeah. d- d- is there any of those kind of things? And, and if so, what has that been like? Or, or maybe speak to how that discipline has carried over to some of the other things beyond military for you. And so I am on disability. I do get a check for the rest of my life for PTSD and, you know, it pays the mortgage. And so, however, um, I think what, what shows up most from, from, from that season is just the leadership that I gained, you know, just, you know, I, I went in, even back, going back to the boy state period, you know, I tried to go and fly low under the radar and not be seen, just take it as a vacation from high school. However, you know, I was I was identified by leadership there. And so I tried to do the same thing in basic training and through my army career, but it just wouldn't work. And so what I learned from the military is to step up. Right. I learned that, OK, a lot of times there's a void, a leadership void and someone needs to fill that space. And so. I guess the military kind of developed this sense of just being comfortable with with stepping up and being the front man and the point man um, when there's that leadership void, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's um, wherever, you know, and just yeah. provide that leadership and be OK with with, yeah. with leading, you know, because the army, you know, they're going to equip you. They're going to make sure you're fully trained um, before yeah. you go into any environment. And so um, I took that with me um, wherever I go. And, you know, I just it really taught me to be comfortable with leading. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of a book I recently read by uh, Brene Brown called Daring yeah, to Lead. Yeah. And, and the way that she defines leadership is taking responsibility. Like yeah. a leader is somebody who's willing to take responsibility. However, my man, John Maxwell says leadership John. is influence. Right. And yeah. so two different ways. But your example right there reminds me more of the Brene Brown leadership is about are you willing to have the courage? to take the responsibility and you're saying sometimes when nobody's around willing to take that responsibility, you've learned to do that because of your experience in the military and how they, how they kind of grow you as, as a leader, right? They Absolutely. Really to take responsibility of things, which is great, especially when you're out there in battle, if you don't have anybody willing to take responsibility, Man, we got a real problem, trouble, right? <laughs> For yeah. real, you got a real problem on your hands, bro. <laughs> For real, yeah. And I mean, it kind of, <clears throat> uh, and, and not to jump into things, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about, because I think one of the things that I think you have a heart for and passion for is fathers, right? Absolutely. And I think what you're, cha- when I see what you're doing right now, is really saying, "Hey, dads, let's take responsibility. Let's yeah. be yeah. people who show up and lead well." But we won't jump into that. I just want to make sure we come back to your wife. Right. Uh, OK. We gotta OK. Talk, let's talk. We got to at least talk about wh- what did that look like? What, when did you get down on one knee and, and then talk about your hey, family just a little bit? You got to do it, right? Hey, I got to do it, man. So, man, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Ella Julius, man. She is probably the best thing that ever happened to me, bro. Um, I don't think I would have matured at the level that I've matured. I don't think I would have grown up. I don't think I would have embraced responsibilities without being in this incubator called marriage, right? That just cultivates and nurtures growth. Um, and so, man, Carrie, I met Carrie in 1999, bro, um, right around Y2K when all that was going on, right? Um, in the summer after my freshman year in college. 
And so, um, like I said, the best thing that ever happened to me, we met in a little old town called Golden, Missouri, um, at this Christian sports camp where, where Stefan, Stefan Moore was the director. He's the founding director of this camp. And so um, Kids Cross America, K-A-A, you know. So you know. <laughs> if you know, you know, right? <laughs> so all your K-A-Ers out there, what up? <laughs> you know how we get down there. <laughs> and so um, we were both camp counselors there, man. And um, I didn't like her at first, bro. We were in the Bible studies. Like when you come during work week, they have you like before the kids arrive and before the, we kick off the summer, we're in, they bring us up into Bibles, um, Bible group, Bible study groups. And she was in mine or I was in hers, however you want to look at it. And she was just, you know, she from Liberty, you know, she went to Liberty. She got all the Bible answers, right? She answered all the questions, know everything there is about the, about the New Testament. And so <laughs> I'm like, man, she just need to be quiet, bro. Let somebody else answer, man. Somebody else. I had some answers. And so I, I, I didn't really like her. I was like, I thought she was a know-it-all, but I had her all wrong, man. So after that, we get ready to go to lunch and she comes up to me and I'm like, man, what's she want? And so she, as soon as she opened up her mouth, she asked me what my name, she was like, you're Chauncey, right? I was like, yeah. She was like, I really enjoyed your input in the Bible study. As soon as she opened her mouth and spoke, bro, like every ill feeling that I had about her just evaporated for real. And I was just like, bro, I was done, bro. She floored me, bro. Like she, her voice was so melodic, bro. And I was just like, man, <laughs> bro, I got to get to know her. She was in a relationship. And so, you know, we, we served together. But what I liked about our relationship was, man, we used to dive. We, we, we dove deep into the word, man. And we always came together over God's word, just opening it up and, and just kind of unpacking it. And so, and, and so I, I, I had it in for her, man. I, I, I wanted to pursue a relationship with her. I would have to wait like a year later, though, when we returned to camp to actually, you know, take that next step and say, hey, listen. Now, was she done know? with her boyfriend by then? Yeah, man, because, you know, we were emailing, you know, email was <laughs> practically new back then. So we emailing through the school year and, um, you know, we're talking on the phone. This is back during the, um, the phone car era. Right. And so I'm going oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going through yeah, phone yeah. call, phone card after phone card after phone card. Then like, that the money. lady. Yeah, man. The lady would come on and say, you got a minute left. I was like, hey, hey, kid, let me run to the gas station real quick, get another another phone card. And man, we used to just talk about, you know, our dreams for the future and what we wanted to be in life. And it just seems like our values just really meshed well. We we shared a lot of the same values. We shared a lot of the same hopes and dreams. And man, I just loved her, bro. And um, when we returned to camp, she was it was known. I think around April, she emailed me and said that she wasn't in a relationship anymore. So I was like, you know, yeah, start lick, yeah, yeah. licking my lips, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you said it was so, old and popping. It, it was, was old and popping, bro. And so, so, so we, when did y'all get married? We got married. We wouldn't get married until that was we we became you know start courting. I would I would say in, in the year two thousand. We wouldn't get married until two thousand four, bro. Because okay. I was broke, man. I had to go make some money in the military, bro. So that was that motivation to, you know, Got go you. into the, yeah. Got yeah. You. Couldn't Got be living you. in my auntie's basement, bro. Like, so. No, man. Yeah. You couldn't do it. But hey, if you had to, you would have. If it would have came down to it. Hey, man. Hey, our love was that strong, I bro. I see, I've seen it happen. Hey, absolutely. My, my, absolutely. My pastor says that after he and his wife got married, 
they went and lived in the back of some people's house in a right. in a uh, RV and was having to go into these people's house. Wow. Some other college kids they got married while they were in college. No, they were mm. uh, they were uh, Cal Alpha directors. Okay, and so and so they were going into these college students' house, taking showers, and then living in this That's RV. Tough, bro. You know, yeah, like it was <laughs> they were hard to take. They said they got to make it happen. So, hey. yeah, man. So that that's awesome. So, children. Yeah, yeah, man. And so we got two children, man, Kennedy and Gibson. And man, bro, man, these these children they challenge me to be a better man. They challenge me to be a better husband. Uh, man, I, I love these kids to death. And so my oldest, Kennedy, she's twelve. Um, she's my twin. Bro, high energy, extrovert, um, super creative, man. I mean, so she's she's running around here. She was outside making videos with the tripod just a few minutes ago, man. So she's like, she's just, she's a video. I think we need to get her in a film school or film camp here in a hurry, man. But she wants she's to be TikTok, an TikTok, right? And man, she she TikTok, bro. We just get yeah. we just gave her the blessing to be a you know, a TikToker and, you know, she's yeah. on Instagram as well, man. So at call me Kennedy, if y'all want to follow her, man, she got some really cool okay. videos. Cool, cool, man. Cool personality. Just a cool kid. She wants to be an architect. Um, she's really smart, really bright, man. She's just a cool kid, man. Love her. My youngest Gibson. I'm glad I had a girl before I had a boy. Cause if I would have had a boy, um, I think I would have ruined him. You know, because, you know, Kennedy taught me to be gentle, taught me to be patient, you know, it's a girl. And I grew up all boys. There's all boys in the house with me. And so. Oh, Kennedy wow. Made, yeah. Yeah. I got an older brother and a younger brother. And so I'm the middle child. And so my mom had to be hard with us. My dad was an ex-Marine. Well, a Marine, because once a Marine, always a Marine. So, always a Marine. You know, and so it was just a whole bunch of masculine energy in our house, man. My mom was was outnumbered. And so, yeah, bro. And so my, my son, man, he um, he he we actually gave him the name Gibson, which is my 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 wife's maiden name. Um, and okay. so we want she her her father never had any biological sons. And so we wanted to honor him and honor that family, her family with just naming uh, my son Gibson. And so he's a smart kid, man. Man, this kid, he'll quote you every scientific and animal fact there is out there. Did you know that the cheetah runs 60 miles? And I'm like, bro, that, okay. And so anytime yeah. we have like a, <laughs> a question about science or animals, yeah. bro, just ask Gibson, he'll know. And he's so, the guy. <laughs> he's our fat guy. He's our fact checker. So, you know, if you're watching Jeopardy or whatever, and they say something about some animals, you may want to double check. And do some fact checking with Gibson, man. But he's a he's a baller, man. He loves the hoop, bro. He loves football. We're gonna try him in some football probably this fall. And man, he's a, a Minecraft aficionado. Um, he's just okay. intelligent, man. And I'm convinced that I'm gonna be working with him one day, or I'm gonna be probably paying my taxes to him one day because he's gonna be president or something, man. He's he's just that smart, bro. And I know I'm his father, it may come across biased, but this guy, he's he's really special. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong man. with it. Ain't yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, man. Love my kids, man. They they really challenged me to be the best that I could be, the best dad that I could be, the best husband, you know, because, yeah. you know, I got to show them, you know, I got I got to love their mother, you know, and and they challenged me. They hold me accountable in that area, man. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 talking about that, knowing that you this is the dad who you are, husband, let's talk pop talk. Like, okay. Can you can you can you tell us 
uh, where they came from and uh, just – I'm kind of, kind of jumping around here, but just just yeah. talk to me about Papa Top. Then I want to come back to uh, some goals and stuff that you that Big you uh, accomplished. So we're gonna talk about Pop Top. Uh, we're gonna talk <laughs> about Pop Top. I now. mean, it's all over. You know, it's, it's, it's right here somewhere. You know, yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. Um, like Oklahoma City kind of comes into play when you talk about Pop Talk because that's where it was birthed, right? And so. Uh, man, Stephanie and I, we went and had a meeting with Dr. John Sowers. And, um, you know, at the time he was the president over um, the mentoring project. And, you know, every time he would do these rallies in, in Oklahoma City at Life Church and some of the other churches in the area, um, he was just talking about fatherlessness. And it just awakened and stirred something inside of me when he would, 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 would talk about his fatherless story. And then he wrote a book, Fatherless Generation, that I read, I plowed through and I plowed through it again. And this, this issue of fatherlessness just really resonated with me. And so <clears throat> it really motivated me to go into that space, right? And so that was part of the decision um, that, that motivated my reasoning behind, you know, transitioning from Shiloh Camp and relocating to Tennessee to start um, this, this, this journey in this area right which with, with which involves raising awareness um along this topic because you could go a whole 24-hour news cycle and not hear anything about fatherlessness and so yeah. you know started out there but you know i didn't really get much traction in tennessee and then you know i worked with the boys and girls club while i was there and then i eventually um transitioned to to virginia and it was during COVID where i was like man i think it's time to you know really go you know, hard charging in this area. So, uh, man, I just have a, a passion for this topic of um, eradicating fatherlessness. You know, I'm going through the 33 series right now. I'm on volume four and 33 series talks about, you know, their definition for manhood is rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, leading courageously. And that last one is investing eternally, right? Throwing yourself in a direction, throwing yourself um, at a cause that's way bigger than you. Right. And so that that involves what something like um, um, alleviating hunger. Right. Fighting homelessness, um, er eradicating poverty. Um, and, and, and with me, it's my cause is eradicating fatherlessness. I, I believe that no child should have to grow up without a dad. You know, statistics say when children grow up without their father, um, they're more likely to drop out of high school. They're more likely to become a teen parent. They're more likely to commit suicide. They're more likely to become incarcerated. They're more likely to, to live as an adult in poverty. And the list goes on. And so I believe that this issue of fatherlessness is, is, is the foundation of a lot of our social ills, right? A lot of the social issues stem from this issue of fatherlessness. And I work, currently work, my nine to five is working at a juvenile detention center in, in the city of Richmond, Virginia. And I would go as far as to say 98% of the youth that has come through my doors in this two and a half year period have, have been fatherless. Their father is either incarcerated or they never knew their dad. Or if they know him, they have a poor relationship with him and they don't live um, under the same roof as him. They probably don't live in the same city as him. And so um, I just seen the impacts firsthand um, of fatherlessness. And I believe that my greatest passion and my greatest talent intersects 
and serving in this area. And so it's something that's near and dear to me. And so um, it was put on my heart to just start a podcast and, and start this discussion and start the, the first phase of four phases um, of, of, of eradicating fatherlessness, which is raising awareness. That's one. And then two, um, equipping dads when, to be the when, best dads that they could be. When you say raising awareness, what, what do you mean? Awareness to, to the, the, the issue itself of fatherlessness, awareness to, to like, what does that look like when you think about making people aware? That's good. That's a good question. And so when I talk about raising awareness, I mean, you could go an entire 24 hour news. OK, let's let's take a step back. The statistics, let's roll the statistics out. New statistics that come down from the, um, the um, Department of Labor and the Labor Bureau, and, and they talk about how there's 18 million. It used to be 25 million, but we're actually going in, a, in the right direction now. There's 18 million children that's going to go to bed tonight without uh, in a father absent home. They're going to be tucked in tonight by somebody other than dad, right? And so, you know, I'm like, Man, if the 18 million, if 18 million children had had COVID or if 18 million children had AIDS in America or if 18 ch million children had some some crazy disease. Right. We would hear about it on the news. It would be all over the news. Yeah. However, we could go an entire 24 hour news cycle and not hear anything about COVID. I mean, hear anything about fatherlessness. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. Um, I believe that, you know, and then when you bring up the topic, a lot of people, you know, it's news to them. Right. They're like, oh, really? And so yet and yet it's, 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 it's all around. And so I just feel that we need to, you know, um, kind of do what John Sowers did. We need to go into the pulpits. We need to um, flood YouTube. We need to flood the social media sites with this message of hey, every kid needs a dad, if not their biological yeah. father. They need a surrogate dad, right? They need a, yeah. a, 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 a masculine guy who could step up and, 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 and fill that void, right? They need a mentor, right? Someone who could kind of help navigate them through their, their childhood and through their teenage years. And so I feel like we just need to shout out um, and make much of the, the disparities that come along with, with fatherlessness and, 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 and shout it loud from the mountaintops. We need to um, contact and write our legislators, right? And, and let them know that, listen, we need to do something about the fatherless condition in America. And, and, and that's what raising awareness looks like. And so, yeah, yeah, getting the word out. That's good, that's good. And so you said the second thing is what? So bringing awareness and then what was the second? Bringing thing? awareness. And then the second thing is equipping dads to be the best dads that they can be. And so providing some type of training, right? And so the um, the curriculum that I use is 24-7 Dads, which is um, comes from the National Center um, for Fathering um, based in Kansas City, um, Kansas City, Kansas. I think it's Kansas City, Kansas, um, not the Missouri side. And so Equipping them with a 13 week curriculum, they meet every Saturday and just whether it's virtually or in person and equipping them to be the best dads they can be to facilitate healthy relationships with their children. And so um, what I found out that a lot of dads, you know, when they found out that they're about to become dad or even, you know, years into their fathering journey, uh, man, they just they're lost, man. You know, and and one thing that I believe that fatherhood is is not a solo sport; it's a team sport. And so, providing um, a community, providing an environment where you know um, 
they have a team of dads where they can go at it together. So if they have any issues, um, they could go to one another. So I'm my mentor, right? One of, you know, good friend of ours, Stephen Moore, you know, he was telling me one day we was at lunch one time and he said, he said, Chauncey, you know, every marriage needs about 150 years of shade covering their marriage. Right. And so, you know, you may have a couple over here that's been married for 25 years, another couple over here that's been married for 10, another couple for 30, you know, um, you may be blessed enough to have a couple that's been married for 50 plus years and they're all covering their wisdom is, is covering your marriage, right. Helping you prevent and make some of the mistakes that they've made. I believe the same is true for fatherhood. I think we need about 150 years of covering covering our fatherhood, right? Covering our fathering journey, right? Dads who've been dads for 20, 30, 15, 10 years and having this community and this team of fathers to help you go at fatherhood together. Cause we can get, you know, the old adage, what's the old adage? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with the team. I think we need a team of dads, you know, in a place where we could come. And uh, my hope is that Pop Talk will will provide that, you know, we we will provide a community of dads. And so that's that's one equipping dads to be the best dads they can be. And then the third part is mentoring the fatherless. Right. Because there's still a fatherless generation out there that needs dads. And so finding mentors, finding surrogate dads to step up and help them navigate through their fatherhood journey. And then the last piece of it is legislative reform, you know, um, contacting City Hall, contacting Congress, um, letting them know that, listen, we need to get some laws on the books that strengthen families and not tear them apart. Um, and so, yeah. What, what would be one of those uh, examples of a law like that? Like we say, let's, let's create opportunities for families to stay together than breaking them apart. Is there something that comes to mind immediately? Like, for yeah, example, I think- this. Yeah, I think there needs to be some welfare reform. You know, there was a welfare reform that came out in the mid 90s that that in, in that legislation and then that policy, they said that families are stronger with two parent homes. Right. Yeah. And so shout out to all the single moms out there holding it down. Right. The single parent dads is out there that's holding it down. However, we have a lot of homes um, that are father absent. Right. And if. If welfare reform and, and that policy states that children do better in two parent homes, you know, when we're, when we go to offer assistance to a lot of our lower income families, we're, we're forcing, you know, mothers to choose between whether dad is in the home or outside the home and, and your, whether or not you're going to receive this assistance is dependent on whether, you know, dad is in the home or not. And so yeah. to the point where they're doing home checks as well, they're looking for size 12 Jordans, you know, sitting up yeah. under the couch, yeah. you know, yeah. and if that's the case, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna pull your funding. Yeah. And so yeah. um, I think that 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 needs to change. Families shouldn't have to choose whether or not. And, and that's a fine line. Right. However, families shouldn't have to choose between dad being under the same roof um, or, or being from underneath the roof. Um, just because they're going to get some funding or not. And so I feel like that's one of the policies that need to change. Um, I don't have all the answers. And so my, my deal is to raise awareness and bring some people to the table so that we can come to an answer and come to a decision together um, that's going to benefit the child, right? Got you, got you. So so one of the things we go in, when I think about go in, it's, mm-hmm. it's a two-part thing. One is defining what that win is. And, and you kind of have defined what that is for pop talk. And then uh-huh. the next thing is kind of what are those right things to be consistent in in order to achieve the win and uh, eradicating 
uh, poverty. You kind of, I mean, fatherlessness. Yeah. Uh, you kind of talked about what are some what are some uh, basic things that you can just kind of talk about that you're showing up each day or once a week or whatever to help you accomplish a podcast. You also have YouTube, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have a YouTube yeah, channel. So right now it's Chauncey YouTube channel. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to change it to pop talk, but. Me and Google oh, will have a discussion about that. We're going <laughs> to talk about that. You can do it in YouTube, right? Right. You can do it in YouTube, but somehow it's, I'm having some problem. I'm going to have to talk to you offline about that because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's through Google because Google owns YouTube. And yeah, so yeah. it's uh-huh. through your, your Gmail account. And so whatever the name is on your Gmail account, somehow it's tagging that onto my YouTube channel. So I'm trying to figure out how oh, to yeah, you can it. change it. Yeah. 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 You, you should be able to change that in the uh, YouTube creator. Uh, okay. Studio. All right. So, I'm gonna have to anyway, go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Share because there's a lot of people out there wanting podcasts. There's a lot of people out there wanting YouTube channels. Now, for you and I, we're doers. We like, hey, we just gonna go do man, it. Like, I don't we just know. gonna find I, out, man. People, people be coming to me oftentimes. Like, I'm an expert. I'm like, man, I really don't know. I just started doing it, <laughs> and it just so yeah. happened that it looked yeah. like I might know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But, but what are some things that you've learned? Uh, to be consistent in, in order to really move yourself forward towards this uh, uh, eradicating followers. Man, it's just first off, um, showing up at home first, right? And the things that matter most. And one thing I learned from um, Kerry Casey, he's the author of Championship Father, and he's the former president of the National Center for Fathering as well. One of the things that he said, man, show up in the fundamentals, right? Tuck your kid in at bed every night. Be present. Put your cell phone down during dinner time. Have dinner time at the table. You know, showing up in the things that matter um, consistently, right? Not taking any days off. You know, my my son, he knows now when it's time for bed at eight thirty. He says, "Dad, I'm gonna see you up in the room, right? You're gonna see me up in the room. We're gonna read a bedtime story. We're gonna talk about." what happened in this day. It's my time to connect. And so showing up in the things that matter and the basic things, but um, because if I, if I, if I didn't show up there, but showed up for my podcast then there's a disconnect somewhere, right. And I'm talking yeah. about fatherhood. And so, yeah. And so as it pertains to, you know, you know, pushing this, this, this eradicating fatherlessness deal, you know, it's showing up. Um, with the social media posts and that's a challenge when life is getting crazy and, and here at the team Julius house we we just had a crazy two weeks man and so you know it my, my, my consistency kind of fell off there but you know finding you know tools to help me stay on course right and so there's some calendars out there some social media calendars that I use to help me you know to kind of does some of the thinking for me all I have to do is just personalize it and, and make yeah. it pop talks on. And so showing up in social media, that that's probably been the biggest challenge for me. Um, and then also creating content, you know, showing up, you know, dedicating time and ordering my day, ordering my, my schedule to, to, to cut out and slice out some time for me to just be creative, right? And just dream and come up with questions and send emails to, to potential interview um, guests and things of that nature, but just showing up and giving a little bit of time to um, this dream and not only dream, but just this passion that I have. And so 
it's, it's, it's not going to work itself, but yeah, man, just, just showing up day in, day out, and then setting some goals as well. By this time, I want to have a, a hundred subscribers on my YouTube channel. By this time, I want to have a thousand subscribe followers on Instagram. Um, by this time, I, you know, I want to have X amount of views on this video. By this time, I want to connect with X amount of fathers, you know, and so throwing yeah. out some smart goals. Um, yeah, man. And so that, that, that's what, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I am I'm at in the process right now. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, it's it's super exciting. Uh, talk about how you. So you, you know, you talk about building this community of fathers. Where where you bringing them? How you how how can you touch them on a regular basis? Do you have a, a Facebook group yet, or what does that look like for you? Nah, man. I need to do the Facebook group, man. I've been doing you know some homework on it, man, and. Um, it's definitely something I want to explore. I'm still at this stage, Eddie, where I'm like, who the heck am I? Right. I'm just going to keep it one thou well. Like, I'm like, man, who the heck am I, man? Like, bro, I ain't supposed to be here, bro. Man, I'm from, uh, yeah. I- I'm from Evanston, Cincinnati, man. I'm from Warner Hills, Madisonville, bro. I'm from the south side of Columbia, Tennessee, man. And I feel like I'm still not to- supposed to be here. So it's like this imposter syndrome that I'm, 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 I'm going back and forth with. But then there's another part of me who's like, why not me? And so, you know, as it pertains to reaching out to certain people, authors and um, just friends and people, personalities and influencers on social media, it's just like, man, are they going to But, you know, I I don't I don't leave that to me. I don't let I I try not to make this decision on whether or not a person is going to say yes or no to an interview or what have you. I just reach out, you know, and so the way that I've reached out is through through Facebook. I am active on Facebook. I'm active on Instagram on those two platforms and LinkedIn, LinkedIn. as well. I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so on those three social media platforms, I'm locked in. And so just a, a caveat, when I started Pop Talk as a podcast, I started out talking about pop culture. I was still punking out on my calling. Right. And so I was just like, because I feel like this is my calling, this space of you know, equipping dads and, you know, stepping up and, and filling the fatherless void. I feel like that's my calling. And so, but I punked out. I was like, man, I'm going to talk about pop culture and how, you know, my views on pop culture and bring my values into that space. Right. And then I got yeah. convicted, bro. I got convicted and I, you know, I'm not trying to get too churchy, but the Holy Spirit kind of just convicted me and said, man, you need to start talking about fatherlessness. And so I had a, con- I had a conversation with my co-host. And man, it went well. I talked about, man, where God is calling me and things of that nature. And then as soon as I switched the format, it's like, man, folks start sliding into my DM and said, man, let's talk about it. Can I be on your show? You know, all types of people, bro. So my challenge now is, and my wife is really helping me with this, is just to schedule everything, right? And we're scheduling, yeah, yeah. you know, talks out. We, we're way out to August right now, bro. And so my thing is just, you know, being a good steward of the God, the gifts that God has given me and just, you know, giving pop talk the attention that it deserves and, you know, bringing that discipline that I learned years ago into play. And so, yeah, man, um, showing up, that's the big thing, bro. Like yeah. we're, we're, we're yeah. trying to challenge dads to show up and not be absent and not go AWOL. Um, but that has to start with me first. And so, man, yeah, there's a lot of discipline. I'm, I'm hoping that this will become my main thing, bro. You know, where, yeah, man, yeah, man, where, you know, I could transition yeah. from my, my daily job and, and, and do this full time, bro. Bro, well, I mean, I think you're heading in the right direction. I think you, you, you're, uh, 
um, I think you're building a solid plan, you know, like make, giving yourself a presence on, on yeah. social media these days is one of the key things, but then also utilizing that, um, uh, the, the great thing about a podcast, I think is like, even if you don't have a big following, people still are more likely willing to connect with you, Absolutely. Uh, to do a sit down, uh, yeah. uh, interview of some sort, you know, which is great. And so you can reach out to just about anybody, be like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Absolutely. There's a chance of them saying yes versus not having that, that piece to be able to connect you with them, you know? Uh, you can't do that on any other, you know, platform for the most part. Right. Uh, so, so that's cool, man. I mean, I think you just keep doing what you're doing. I think the next thing is a Facebook group or something like a Mighty Networks, but that costs money. Uh, right. I would prefer Mighty Networks over uh, over uh, Facebook over, group. Uh, Facebook groups because okay. Facebook still has control over your group. They I'm still taking notes right now. It. You know, it's uh, you said you said Mighty Mighty Works. Mighty Network. Mighty Networks. Okay. I'm already hearing Mighty it. Mighty Networks. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you an opportunity to build your community and bring people into something that's yours and okay. not Facebook. And they don't have control over that. But I think that would be the next thing, man. Yeah. Talk I love about. what I'm seeing from you, bro. Like your website, the whole nine, the format. I, I, I'm loving that. And then how you're doing your workshops and even your scheduling, the whole thing with, with going about scheduling this whole meeting, man. This, this has been, yeah. it's been seamless. And I love to get with you offline and and, and just yeah 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 let's yeah pick your brain let's talk yeah. about it man yeah but just keep showing up bro like it says show up dad back there hey hey, hey man, just keep just keep showing up and do it as often as you can and yeah. I definitely understand sometimes things happen and you you miss those two weeks but I'm a big fan and and, and fathers and uh, I think this is a, a real cause that you mm -hmm. have here man and so I just wanted Appreciate to make sure it, that. You know, my couple of people out there that I may bro, connect you with. This is a big look, bro. And even the clubhouse <laughs> chats, bro. The clubhouse chats. Oh, yeah, chats man. Been, bro, the people that are on there speaking. Listen, people, if y'all haven't tuned in to Hetty's clubhouse chats, man, those things are official. Like a ref with a whistle, man, for real. Some of the people that are on there, bro, my, my pen and pad be on fire, boy. Just right down. I'm like, man, that was good. I'm still in that. I'm still in that. They're going to hear that again on my YouTube channel. Like, yeah, yeah. some good stuff yeah. coming out on there. Yeah. But, man, that's another That's another thought, man. Just bringing dads on to talk about being fathers on Clubhouse. Yeah. You know, just yeah. – just inviting a few uh, people and say, hey, let's jump in Clubhouse and let's have a conversation around uh, being a father. You right. know, because you talk about that shade, just my yeah. thoughts listening to you talking about this shade, uh, having 150 years of shade over you. Yeah, like, that's man. a great place for, fa for fathers to start helping find their shade. Like you could Absolutely. be that person who's connecting fathers to have that shade over them I love that, you're doing those kind of things so i like that yeah and see when i yeah, first man. started out with the podcast i started out on um this app called the stereo app it's like live podcasting and where you they drop you in and you have a conversation with random people right or you can schedule talks and so i feel like i picked the wrong app right i, I went the stereo app way but i should have with the clubhouse way and i feel some type of way yeah. about clubhouse and it's like i'm late to the party like oh man but yeah man i, I see a lot of value in that app yeah. man and i definitely want to want to get on that platform yeah absolutely yeah now, who are you using now for your and the reason i talk about this stuff because this is what people listen in Abs on because everybody's trying to start something like 
you've started something, even though it may not be the biggest thing, you've right. started something and adding value to people is talking about these early days. Absolutely. And they take these resources. So, like, what app are you using for your podcast? Um, man, by the way, I'm gonna just say that your yo, yo cap is the MVP right now, bro. Like, I <laughs> love that you have the perfect head for the little road skull <laughs> cap. Big bro. old head. <laughs> I got a big old head. <laughs> I'm random. I'm random that way. But I'm using, I'm using, I'm currently using Anchor and that just shoots okay, it yeah, out, you know, you know, Anchor. Yeah. Yep. And so it shoots it out to all the um, platforms and, and what have you. And it's easy. However, I'm using to edit and do all my, my my sound man, I'm I'm keeping it basic. I'm using um iMovie. I'm actually using iMovie. I'm oh, looking yeah. to yeah. And then for my videos, my YouTube videos, I'm still using iMovie, but I'm about yeah. to switch over to Premiere here. I got uh, you know, I have an Adobe account. You know, I went to school when I was, you know, I went to school for um graphic design. And so um, yeah, man. And so I got a that graphic design background. And so, but I'm looking to exactly. switch over to Premiere. But yeah, right now I'm using Anchor and iMovie. Yeah. Hey, don't do it unless you just really feel like iMovie does the job. Hey, you know, it does, and I know, you know it. It's it, it just money. It's just money. I, I had to learn that. I, I started getting all this stuff. I'm like, really? I'm doing all the same stuff that I could do with a lot yeah, of the free stuff and still providing quality content, you know, as long as it sounds good. Absolutely. And those kind of things. But, yeah, Premiere's legit, though. Like one, I use Final Cut Pro, and the okay. reason that I use Final Cut Pro over iMovie is just because, like, like even with this, like this is gonna record is recording on Zoom. It'll send mm-hmm. me several different files. And okay. so I can sync them all in Final Cut Pro. Oh wow. Then I can even I'll be able to show different like us two on the screen together or just you Got talking. You. See so that that's 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 what I wanna wanna get as well, where I can yeah. do the side by side with my interviews and, and, and what have you. Because right now it's just me on the videos. However, I wanna when I go to the interviews, I want it to be a side by side deal, throw a little logo in between us and yeah. all some graphics yeah, 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 and lower yeah. thirds and what have you. And that's why I want to switch over to Premiere because it allows you to do that, bring in after effects and all of that good stuff. And so for sure. You know, yeah, if you want to get into that, yeah, you gotta you may have to pay a little bit. But other than that, man, it's that iMovie, man. I'll be doing hey. stuff just on my phone now. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, iMovie is ama- working it's for It's amazing. Me. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. amazing. Man, well, tell people how they can find you. Bro, you can find me. We should have did this at the beginning. because, But we'll go from there. <laughs> but yeah, man. They can find me on, on Instagram. I, I, I'm managing two, two accounts on Instagram. First one is Team Julius 3000. That's Team Julius 3000 J-U-L-I-U-S 3000. And then the other one is pop at pop underscore talk podcast. That's at pop underscore talk podcast. And then I'm on, you know, LinkedIn, Chauncey Julius. I'm on Facebook, Chauncey Julius. And, you know, that's how you can get with me. And also my YouTube channel, just type in, it's kind of crazy, but type in fatherless or fatherhood, Chauncey Julius. And then my videos will pop up. Nice, nice, nice. Man, keep grinding, bro. Man, Hetty, man, man, this has been real, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's truly been an honor, bro. Hey, man, thank you for your time. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, you know, one of the my hearts is uh, continuing to show up for for young for young men and and, and get, catching them early and hopefully give them a few skills that will allow for them to na- navigate through life with a little bit more success. And so. Uh, I get Absolutely. it. I grew up without, grew up without a father, even though I, I know my father now, 
and have a great relationship, but all those things matter. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. And, uh, bro, we'll do it again soon, okay? Let's do it, man. Let's make it happen, okay. bro. I love to have you on Pop Talk, man, to hear your story, bro. Hey, man, hit me up. I'm not a very good uh, interviewee, right? Interviewee, <laughs> but let's do it. Interviewee. <laughs> Is that I interview I interviewee. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Heady Coleman Podcast. Hey. And go win. <laughs> go win. <laughs>